This is Hot Tea and Hot Gossip with your host, Mandy McLean. With special guest stars every week, you'll stay up to date on all the latest entertainment news. With our opinions, of course. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode, technically the second episode, maybe the first. Anyways, it is the second or first episode of Hot Tea and Hot Gossip. I'm your host, Mandy McLean. I'm joined today by Talent Smith. And our topic today is black representation in the media. Got my hair up. The talent, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm average. I woke up, I overslept this morning. I don't know why I said it to something sick as a thought. But anyway, so my first question for you today, what is black representation in the media to you? To me, black representation in media, or at least we don't have it, um, <laughs> it is the ability to have black people be in a range of different uh, media instead of being funneled into the same types that's typical. Like your, uh, for example, Tyler Perry films. That's all us. Oh my god, Tyler Perry films. And I was thinking about this before I got here. Um, it just it, it recently it's gotten a little bit better, but a lot of people seem to misunderstand things like Marvel movies, like superhero movies, right? Yeah, okay. Well, look, we have Black Panther. That's our that's our black movie. That's for us. That's for us. But here's the thing. We only got it because it, they knew it was going to be profitable because my parents asked me if I wanted to see that movie. That doesn't happen for other superhero movies because they don't care. That's very people and they were there. They were there. That's that's very accurate. Now that I think about it, when that movie came out, I was in high school. I went to a predominantly white Catholic school. And I know all the black people saw that movie like five, six times. Had people yeah. talking in accents, people getting their hair redone. And that actually getting their hair redone, that takes me back. When we were children, you ever watched uh Jimmy you watched Jimmy Neutron, right? Oh yeah, of course. So Jimmy Neutron, of course, like every other cartoon of our childhood featured one black person. It's okay. So Libby, Libby had a signature hairstyle. She had a ponytail and like a little swoop. All through seasons, like one through two, I believe it was. And the movie, because the movie came out before the TV show, which many people don't know. But season three, the episode where they went to Egypt, or I think it was like the middle of season two, she found out the queen of Egypt looked like her. And she got her hair redone in like braids. And then for the rest of the season or the series, that's what she looked like because she realized she was royalty. And that stands out to me a lot because we actually, little things like that, like went over our heads when we were little. Because like that representation wasn't there, which is weird though, because it was always there in like the 90s and like the 80s. I don't know what happened in the 2000s, but like it bounced out. Like it left. And then Hollywood Um, got very whitewashed. One thing I noticed about uh, Hollywood is that there's a lot of boots, all the films, like to, uh, look at certain time periods with rose-tinted glasses. Whenever you see a movie that's centered around Black people, it's always like, oh, slavery. Oh, the civil rights movement. Or if it is modern times, nine times out of ten, it's like drama. So there's not a lot of media that like positively depicts Black culture and the Black experience. Without, that's like, very... Uh, yes. Because I um, now that I think about it, I remember uh, Umbrella Academy. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a new season. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Umbrella Academy, that is a newer TV show, but also, out of all the seven kids he adopted, he only adopted one black girl. But also, let's don't get it twisted here, he adopted a Asian as well, that was Ben, and he adopted, Vanya was Russian, so I guess that's like, they were diverse. But uh, Allison, Diego, oh, Diego was Hispanic. Von, not Vanya, Allison was the only black sister, so she grew up in a very mm-hmm. diverse household, though. Season two, her whole storyline was civil rights. It was being a leader. It was changing. It wasn't 
all of her other siblings had storylines that were like uh about them yeah it was like about them hers wasn't really about her it was civil rights but like vanya was like finding her inner peace uh luther was like luther's whole thing was really just like i'm big and aggressive again that was it yeah diego was like oh i'm a hero but But like he's not and five was just like i look like i'm 12 don't fuck with me pretty much but yeah yeah um but that just like but that just like goes to show like in the media that we don't have that representation but go off what Mm -hmm. you were saying but yeah another thing like growing up i know i watched nickelodeon as a kid nessie classifies school survival guide was my show Period. And then, you know, they had their token black guy. They had Cookie. Cookie. The, the, the nerdy black tech, tech guy. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I like the fandom as a kid, too. You know what they had? Our nerdy tech black kid. Now that I it, think it, about it, it, that was yeah. kind of like a reverse stereotype, though. Because we were yeah, always like the, the uh, they were the smartest ones. But also, like, some uh, networks did that on purpose. Like, uh, yeah. Disney they purposely switched London and Maddie to break that stereotype. Mm-hmm. Was there a black person in the Sweet Life on Death? Or Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? I'm not Mr. Mosby. Mr. Mosby, yes. Oh, oh my god, he was the, the only up, black the person. Uncle Tom. Oh my god, he was actually the only black person in that entire series. Yes. And we all just overlooked that? Wow. And guess what? If you want to read into it, he was uh, the manager in charge. But, you know, he took his job very seriously because, you know, I got to work for my masses. You know, Uncle Tom, just, just, just a thought. Oh, his mom was very, like, big and loud. Do you remember that? I remember that oh, one yeah. episode. She was, like, the war of, like, 1912 or something. I see that's another thing. Um, loud black women. That's another common trope in media. That actually is. Um, off the top of my head, I can hear like in that one Tyler Perry movie, the girl she was always like Byron, or uh, we have Big Mama's house where uh, Martin Lawrence was Big Mama and she was a big loud woman. Or I don't know. I'm thinking about like cartoons in my head. I can't like. Yeah. See, and that's oh, Lib- Libby was the big loud. She was a big loud one. And uh, Jimmy Neutrondo, she wasn't big because they were all like kids, but like she was evidently louder than everybody else. And, and they very played up her like, girl. They did, and like her attitude, her sass. Especially when they had superpowers. Mm-hmm. Because cause that's, cause when you have white people writing black people, that's all they know. As a black woman, she has to be a sassy one. A sassy black woman. And, and and honestly, Tyler Perry is partially to blame because pe- when people think black people writing uh, black people, they like Tyler Perry, but he's very aggressive because he makes very pandering movies. Like as a kid, I liked it. Like Medea was hilarious to me as a kid, but now I yes. hate it because it is just garbage. Medea is very stereotypical if you think about it. She's a loud, she's ghetto, she's troublesome. She's like all the stereotypes combined, but she's funny. She went to jail a bunch. Or the one where she was a foster mom. She got on the bus and she's like, oh, if you mess with her again, and she's like scaring the kids. The one where she hit the lady's car or whatever to park. Like all those things are feeding into that stereotype of the things that we have or what we don't have, rather. And then they have, you know, 
the cheating black man who beats his wife. Yes. That was uh that was the plot. That was the actual plot of uh that one of two Tyler Perry movies actually. Yeah. Uh Big Happy Family, the one with the sisters where the one was molested by the dad and the one was getting married and the mom only wanted her to get married because she he was rich but he was really sleeping with the mom. And then the other one was the prostitute. Her name was Candy. She was like being beaten and the lawyer was like her high school sweetheart, but his wife was like, No, she's a hoe. Tell me why I know this off the top of my head. Because that's all we saw as kids, you know. Very and true. Really, and and it's very and it's sad because you have a lot of like, especially in our generation specifically, a lot of black kids while grew up watching this stuff, and it's like, so this is how black people at? Yeah, like supposed to be. You end up thinking like that's your future because it's all you see oh, on the media. Because they don't. Which is not. It's not very cash money, and it's all really you see in the media today anyway. With like thinking about all of our rappers. All of our, we don't even, now that I think about it, we don't have a lot of black singers. We have like Beyonce, we have like uh, Rihanna, we have, uh, look at that off the top of my head, that's all I know. We have the one girl from Little Mix. We have Normani. But when you think about black rappers, you have like Travis Scott, you have like a billion, but you don't see like. I just talked about Kanye. My last episode, I don't know if I'm actually going to premiere it, though, because I was talking about how that representation of Black men in mental health is always just like, oh, he's being crazy to be crazy. But if it was a white man, it would have been like, oh, he needs help. Yeah. As opposed to, like, women as well, because women are always, like, made fun of in the media, because we see, like, Megan Thee Stallion was shot, and she was made fun of. If you were making jokes about it, and and it's awful. But Demi Lovato as well, when she was like on drugs and she was overdosing, people were making fun of her. So it's not like black or white when it comes to women, it's solely based on women. But when it's men, it's like white men versus black men. Like Scott Dickinson, everybody, Courtney's uh, ex-husband, he went to rehab and it was just like, oh, prayers up for Scott, whatever, whatever. But if somebody else does it, it's like, oh, this, that, and third. I agree. Very ghetto. Not very cash money. And obviously, and it recently, it's, it's, it is getting better. I won't lie. Like, I know 2018, um, Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse came out. And obviously, Black Latino was the main character. Probably one of my favorite movies that year. Hey, it easily. It was, it was great. It was great. Good song. Yeah, good soundtracks. Ironically, there were people on the internet saying, it should have been a, a orchestra soundtrack instead of having rap music. It it really takes the impact out of the out of the scenes, but well, it's dumb because the character would be listening to these songs. So it's Period. appropriate. He's a black kid in New York, so obviously he's gonna listen to Juice World, Denzel Curry. He's gonna listen to rap music. That's who he is. Because that's how they mix it in. Because yeah. the whole motif in that movie was that the Spider Man, they have a orchestra music because he's the hero, and then for a lot of the movie, you know, Miles has rap music, and then when he became spider-man they mixed the two and it shows that you know he can be a hero and still be himself at the same time and i thought that was a really powerful thing that i know for a lot of black kids out there being included i was like wow i wish i could be that should be on a playground but he's white so yeah like growing up i wanted to be like well i used to watch x-men so like i wanted to be like yeah. storm but um on the offhand i wanted to be like cinderella or i wanted to be yeah. uh I don't know, like Scarlet Witch, oh, but like a, those are people good, I can't point. be. Yes. Um, 
So speaking of black people in movies, Disney and Pixar specifically, I'm really impressed about this. Princess and the Frog's great. Love that movie. But of course, you had to turn it into frogs, so it will sell. Because yeah, I never, I want never to see black people for a whole movie. They wouldn't want I to never, see for a whole movie. I never watched that movie. My mom wanted to watch that. I don't know if she ever saw it, but I never watched it because like it didn't interest me. She was a frog half the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like it and just, the funny part is when when she's not a frog, it's when it's the best parts because her character, she's the, easily the best princess to me because her whole character is oh. I have to work for what I have. Yes. And, and I, like she's just a really inspiring person because she had a dream and she made it happen. And then when the prince came, he was a dick. So she was like, no, I want to do this myself. I want to make this happen. And then when they just so happened to get together at the end, and you know, they made it work. And obviously he's like, hey, I can fund this now. But it was still her. Like She put in the work. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and it did show like how black people have limited opportunities because her best friend in the movie was this white girl who's very very rich but she never it 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 was a good movie but they just took they just cut the frog stuff out it would have been even better. a lot better because i know and even I, pixar movie coming up soul when i saw a trailer i was like oh this looks really cool as a black a black guy he's a musician he's really passionate about what he does soul music like yeah this is like perfect but then he like dies or something and he becomes like a ghost in the movie oh. And it's like a cartoon, you're like, haha, LMAO, he's a he's a little cartoon ghost. And this little cartoon ghost friend doing a little dance. Ha 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 ha. It's so it's so cute, right? You kids would like to see this. But it's like, why can't we have a movie about a black musician who just wants to pursue his dream? He's a music teacher. He wants to like band. Like that would have been so cool. It would have been. Or what I saw recently online was that Disney villains are typically darker than the Disney heroes or even Descendants. So I don't like Descendants. And a lot of people ask me why. Like I I used to work in my emergency child care program. We play a movie every day and the kids would want to watch Descendants and I would never put it on because I find Descendants as a very bad movie for children to watch because that movie is teaching you about manipulation and it's teaching you that if you're good, you have two parents. If you're bad, you have one parent. And typically all yeah. the villains have one parent. They have like a dad that left, a mom that left. And if you think about it, typically all of those villains are of like a different race than the um, heroes. Yeah. Which I don't like. Yeah, that's that's. Whew. And, and um, as another as another topic, actually, um, the representation of parents in media has definitely changed over the past few years. It definitely has. Because I know um, when my when my cousin was here for a while. Um, we were watching cartoons, and there's this show that she was watching. It was like Vanity Train or something, and it was about the girl and her parents are getting a divorce. And that was like the whole like emotional plot point of the whole thing. I was like, wow, that's really interesting because there's not a lot of a lot of shows that really like go into it. But then they actually commit to like, yeah, they got a divorce. They didn't stay together, and I thought that was interesting because my parents are divorced or. You know, dad is here, my mom is here, whatever. I love my grandma. But it's like, a lot of the time, it's just like, oh, you got your kid, you got the older sister, and the two parents. And that's yeah. like the standard. And typically, like, the kids are all different colors, too. Like, you have your light-skinned one. None of them are dark-skinned. Let's never get that twisted. You have your light-skinned one. You have, like, your medium. Then you have, like, your averagely lighter-skinned mom. It's really weird. And this is just a passing thought. So, like, I grew up watching Harry Potter. So I grew up loving witches and wizards. None of them are black. 
only one of them is black actually yeah. now that i think about it who was it seamus was his name seamus no no i forget his name but he was the only actually he wasn't there was if you watch in the earlier movies lavender is actually a black girl yeah and then she switches to a white girl when she starts dating ron weasley just to point that out but yes like there weren't any and if there were like black people in those movies they didn't have speaking lines yeah they simply were just like there that movie was predominantly like white which i personally didn't i mean as a kid it didn't really like because that was normal but when when you get older really thinking about it it's you know bugs you also jk wrong sucks i like your father I, I hate her she's the worst i'm that she's way with a lot of people worst. though yeah she's um, no i like i like, like, like to support like, their uh, work but not the person like i know when and i had the book over there when she did the cursed child like the sequel book like the play yeah she, she made a uh, hermione black and you know for a lot of people yeah that's cool that's cool um because yeah they made hermione black in that and then people were like, okay, but why? And she said, oh, because you can interpret it in the book that she's a black woman because I never say her skin color, just that she had a certain color hair. And yeah, that's cool. But obviously that wasn't the intention when she wrote it because in every media before this, she was a white girl. So obviously mm-hmm. she's just trying to change the script afterward so she can seem progressive. Like she did with Dumbo Door and said, oh yeah, he was gay the whole time. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very casual. He wasn't, and she just wants to seem like she's with it. What yeah. is going on? Anyways, she wasn't with it. There, wasn't with my it. email is like just randomly opening on my MacBook. Oh, yeah, mine does that too. Ew, why? I don't know. I think it's. I think you have to do something to fix that. But mine does that too sometimes. I will be restarting my MacBook, and um, I don't know, <laughs> calling it a day. <laughs> but um. Oh, yeah, because I haven't turned it off in, like, two days, so I should get on that. But, um, yeah. yeah. So, as an aspiring screenwriter as well, mm-hmm. what, are you going to write, like, more Black characters into your scripts, or are your scripts going to be predominantly Black? Um, as one thing for me is that if I can help it, I like to have Black people in the predom- as predominant roles. That's something I strive out to do because, as a Black guy myself, obviously I know there's less opportunities for people like me. So if I were in a position to put on other people, I want to have as many chances to include different people of color than I can. So like the script I'm writing right now, I'm writing it in mind with the the main character is a black guy. And um, the stuff the stuff I want to write about is that I don't want it to just be, these are black scripts for the typical black audience. Like I want it to be like a script. Like at the end of the day, it is a script for the audience. I'm not writing it for black people but I want black people to be a part of it. I want them to be in it and I want them to be able to do other genres and other stuff that you normally wouldn't see because a lot of times it's, you know, slavery, civil rights, they're the token cool character. Like look at Pulp Fiction, everyone loves Pulp Fiction. Samuel Jackson rocks in that movie, but he is quite literally there to be cool and say, motherfucker, that's about it. When I write, I write, to write and whenever I end up writing is what I end up writing. I don't write with my characters in mind like, okay, this is gonna be a white person, this is gonna be a black person. Like a script that comes to mind off the top of my head is my script about mental health. I don't have a single character in there with a defined race or ethnicity. 
I have characters defined with what they are suffering from and characteristics. And however you interpret that is how you interpret that. Like, I don't interpret it any way when I write because it can be anybody going through this and you cannot base it off a certain rate. Because I feel like if you do base it, though, then it becomes like, oh, all white people have this. Oh, all black people have this. And then it becomes more of a stereotypical thing instead of like your voice on the page. Yeah, I know <laughs> the script I'm writing right now. And obviously I, c- I could never monetize this. There'd be a lot of uh, music that I don't have the licenses to. Music plays a big part of it. With each with each scene transition, there'd be a, a music cue that would relate to the part because it's, it's going to be over the course of many weeks, like, like the plot. So it'd be like day, whatever, week, whatever. And then there'd be like music because the character, his whole thing, he likes to listen to music. And it's pretty much about him and his relationships. So as the movie goes on, the music cues would align up with the character and his emotional state and like what's going on with him. So in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, this would probably be a black guy because there's a lot of music I would listen to. Mm-hmm. And I guess I took a little cue from Spider-Verse in that aspect because I feel like a lot of time when people put black people in the movie, it's to serve a role, not to serve the character. So I said, I want to do the opposite. And yeah, it's going to have stuff that like we're into, but it's all in service of developing the character, not just because he's a black guy who's going to fit this role, because this is what black people are supposed to be. And um, I think another movie that's going to subvert this in the near future, whenever it gets to come out, is Tenet by Chris Nolan, because there's a black guy's main character and it looks really cool. All right. Well, it seems like we got some very good ideas going. Um, fun fact, I did not time this. I have no idea how long we've been talking for. I realized I didn't time this like five minutes in and I said, well, that's that. Probably like 20 something minutes, I think, by now. Probably, because I'm just thinking how long it's going to take me to get to my nail appointment. Sorry, guys, I got a nail appointment at 12. My nails look very crusty. Cannot miss this. I have a job interview tomorrow. Gotta get it done. I want to make a TikTok, but I, it's like I put a finger down, but I don't want to do it, and my nails look like this. Mm-hmm. So like, I gotta get them done. Gotta get um, yeah. But thank you for joining me this week. This is a very intriguing conversation. Oh, you're welcome. So I can stop by anytime. I might have you again in like two weeks. Um, yeah. All right. Let me know. <laughs> but thank you. So that is it for this episode of Hot Tea and Hot Gossip gossip the word okay guys the show name is hot tea and hot gossip (laughs) don't even know my own show name but um yes so thank you to talent for joining me and aspiring screenwriter producer pre-fire him too we need jobs this concludes today's episode of hot tea and hot gossip with your host mandy mclean all episodes are written and currently edited by me as per covid19 we are filming via zoom which sucks but hopefully we will be back filming all together with a lot better audio. I'm so sorry for the audio right now. Zoom is very hard to record on. It's very hard to like edit and audition after you have your vocals. So hopefully I will be able to move to a different setting after this and record with a lot better sound quality. But thanks for listening. Just as a reminder, this podcast airs every Friday at 1 p.m. However, I will be, hopefully starting in the fall, I will be redoing my show on 107.7 The Bronx. You can listen live Fridays, 7 to 9.